Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello and welcome to the COB for this Thursday. Andrew joined by Carl again. What's going on in the market? Um, bearing in mind we are recording this uh, an hour or two before the close, but um, started positively, looking negative. Yeah, it's it's getting to that point where it's hard to really um, take anything uh, that is happening in the market as any more than uh, a little bit of noise. I mean, I think the first two days of price action more or less signals that to us. Um, if you know, it's probably the only signal, perhaps. But I mean, we're, we're talking now. We're basically flat again after an initial rally. I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily some sort of carryover effect. You know, the market's having a better opportunity to digest what the Fed had in its um, or the FOMC minutes told us yesterday. Of course, we saw a little bit of a sell-off on Wall Street, or at least a, a, a loss of some that upside momentum um, on Wall Street last night going into into the close after that after mm. that release but yeah it looks um it's, it's looking fairly mixed at best today but of course yeah we'll have to see how we how we close yes yeah, certainly investors in the US holding on to hope that the Fed will begin um, easing the pace of its rate hikes uh, the market there futures pricing in that it will peak just shy of 5%. But then interestingly, you know, we had Neil Kashgari, who admittedly is among the most hawkish of the Fed members, saying he's looking at 5.4% before they they pause. Yeah, and what really struck me about the minutes themselves was just the fairly extensive conversation about financial conditions and the loosening of them over the last couple of months as inflation has dropped. So, that complicates the Fed's job in trying to, I suppose, weaken demand in the economy if when we get you know, inflation prints like we did over the last three or four months, you know, going lower um, in obviously trying to implement restrictive policies. So, I think that was fairly noteworthy. I don't know if the markets are necessarily paying any more, paying attention to that today when it comes to, to equities. Again, it's kind of hard to, to infer any signal there. But I think, you know, obviously, there's there's a good chance now that they'll kind of step down again, if you will, to, to 25 basis point hikes when they um, from from next meeting. But it is this kind of complicating balancing act between trying to more or less signal an easing of, of policy without easing financial conditions so much that it sort of stokes inflation or again or at least it slows the, the their ability to get inflation back to target. Mm. Yeah, and we and we did have those uh, the latest. PMIs out too, so uh, obviously contracting further out of the states. Um, so interesting to see where that goes, and of course, you know the story also in Europe and China, uh, which we, we clearly we've spoken about before. Uh, given how COVID is developing there, and that's still got a long way to unfold, you would have thought. So. Bring it back home, just taking a look uh, across the heat map. Yeah, fairly mixed. Um, 
I think I'd reference gold stocks every day now. Gee, I'm mm. sounding like some of those gold bugs, aren't I? Um, <laughs> doing very well again today, you know, particularly uh, among uh, Newcrest, Northern Star, Evolution, um, you know, some up to uh, 6% plus today. So that rally is uh, looking uh, particularly fruitful if you're in that space. Yeah, actually, I had a good conversation because we did record, obviously, the podcast uh, before I did my last set of interviews yesterday. So, for folks who want to go back a day in the past, I actually had a really good chat to Daniel Ortiz from Lincoln Indicators, who spoke about not only the um, drivers of the gold price, but also how you sort of pick a good gold stock in this market. And also just the fact that with energy prices coming off now as well, uh, gold uh, miners are in a, in a really good position to see their costs fall as well as obviously you know their revenues rise um, mm. on the basis of a higher higher price so go back to that one but I, I think yeah it's been probably the theme of the week is uh, that moving to gold yeah and um, certainly perhaps a focus on those gold producers that are cost efficient uh, you, you mentioned energy there Kyle uh, dropping again today and that's after the price of oil continues to tumble it was down uh, around five percent overnight uh, once again based on those concerns about where global growth is going at this point um, so as a result we saw the likes of Woodside and, and Santos uh, come off significantly. Um, also, coal, which perhaps surprisingly, because we had that news out of China late yesterday, mm. that they're looking at removing those restrictions on those Chinese companies buying Australian coal, mm. uh, which provided a bit of boost in late trade there yesterday, but not uh, that hasn't transpired today. No, I mean, I, as I understand it, that news came out before the end of the day's trade, I mm. think. So, I don't know, maybe uh, the little sugar here that that kind of news can tend to give the markets um, has sort of played out. but. I mean, you would think it would be uh, in the longer term uh, a, a, a tailwind for them, of course, notwithstanding. You know, clearly the coal story is going to be very much influenced by the growth, global growth story going forward as well. And also in the energy space, that um, battle over the Perth gas basin continues uh, with Warrego, the obvious target there, um, and Hancock uh, now upping its bid to 36 cents a share from 28. That's after uh, Beach dropped out and its joint venture partner uh, strike is is you know remains to be seen whether that comes back to the party, but uh, so much interest there at the moment, particularly about those uh, those West Australian billionaires who are circling. Yeah, uh, gotta love our oligarchs, uh, don't don't we? <laughs> right. um, they they provide so much hope and inspiration. Um, but I'm just trying to check the Warrego share price actually, just to see whether um, I can get any sense. And I probably should go into. I think it actually jumped close to ten percent. Yeah, okay, so th- it is. It's up ten percent and. Yeah. It's at 38 cents now, so trading at a slight premium to that offer price. So, um, well, I mean, it's it's fully baked in there, isn't it? But if you're on the trade, then happy days. And also in the resources space, lithium uh, core um, revealing that it has sent its first um, shipment of cargo, or cargo shipment to China. Uh, so we got a bounce as a result, and uh, that seems to have lifted all boats in the lithium sector. Well, speaking of resources, uh, on the call today, uh, we had uh, Grady Wolf from uh, Bell Direct and uh, David Novak from Wealthwise Education. And we've got this uh, thing going on in, the, in January for the call of the super buys. So today I asked both of them for their super buy, that stock that is compelling, a compelling buy. Um, Grady came up with Arafura Rare Earths, 
uh, she put a price target on that one, seeing uh, huge potential there. And uh, David convinced about New Century Resources, which is in zinc, uh, also has a play with copper and uh, and gold as well. So have a listen to their take on why they picked those two stocks. Cashed up and ready to start 2023 on a big high. So following recent um, $133 million capital raise in which Gina Reinhardt's Hancock prospecting gained a 10% interest in through investing $60 million. Now, having that name on your company investment as an investor in your company is a massive name to have, especially in the mining industry. And as we know, the Nolan's prospect is significantly advanced in the binding offtake of 34%. So 2023 is looking to be the year of critical milestones for ARU, so including securing a further 51% of production under binding offtake agreements and leading into the final investment decision in March 2023 and securing that final $1.7 billion in funding with a targeted final close in mid-CY23. Now, we know that rare earths projects such as the Nolans project continue to be supported by growing demand. As we know, lithium was the darling of 2022 and with the outlook for lithium looking a little bit shaky and into 2023, rare earths are needed in uh, electric vehicles as well. So the uh, the need for this and the growing demand for electric vehicles uh, says that this this company and this project in the Nolans project is in a really well positioned um, to capitalise this year on the growing demand for EVs around the world. So ARU is my pick for this year. The valuation is very compelling down here. If you look at the chart, it's not a pretty look. Uh, it's been trending down since last year, or since 2021, where it had a peak of $4. Um, it's back at the COVID lows in 2020, um, around March at uh, $0.85 cents at the moment. Now, that gives it a market capitalization at $0.85. Cents. This is the one of the top 15 zinc producers in the world in Queensland. Uh, their mine up there, the, the New Century Mine. Um, it's been operating for decades and they've got um, um, production out to 2030. They're producing about 130, 140,000 tonnes of zinc. That's increasing to about 200,000 tonnes by 2025. As I said, they've got production out to 2030. Now, there's no valuation given at all. Four independent brokers have an average price target of the stock. Um, you can go and look at their website of $4 is the average price target. Mm. So a compelling value down here at 85 cents. All right, so there are the supervisors of the day, New Century Resources and Arafura Rare Earths. All right, so look, we've I mean, discussed this previously, uh, Kyle. You know, I guess we're looking stateside still, uh, given there's a dearth of uh, data around locally that, uh, you know, it's still about jobs out of the states. Yeah, well, tomorrow night. I mean, we'll um, we'll get another set of job figures this evening, I believe. But we've got the NFPs coming up on Friday. We've been talking about it all week and extending from that kind of ISM PMI, manufacturing PMI. Last night, the ISM figure will be released tomorrow night, which I would say is going to be even more significant because I think the markets are pretty pretty convinced and, and pretty comfortable is not the right word, but there's a, there's a pretty significant slowdown going in the manufacturing um, uh, sector, which is a kind of good news, is, uh, or bad news is a good news dynamic, but services remains really strong and, and employment would seem to be fairly persistent there as well. Also worth mentioning that we had the price price index uh, of the manufacturing PMI numbers last night dropping as well, which was a, a reason for confidence. But I mean, I think we're going to get that um, major release 
uh, off the back of that um, significant commentary that we got out from the FOMC minutes this morning. So mm. there'll be a lot of positioning going into that. Also at a corporate level, interesting to see what's developing at the moment. Of course, we had a number of layoffs in various companies, particularly yeah. in tech. But um, just uh, today revealed that Amazon cutting 18,000 workers. Bearing in mind, of course, it's got, a, I think, a global workforce of around 1.5 million. Okay. But... Um, still, that's significant. And Salesforce, perhaps more significantly, uh, 10% of its workforce. So interesting to see whether now reaching that tipping point of uh, jobs, um, not just, uh, you know, there's positions being created, but those layoffs now gathering momentum. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, one thing worth throwing in there too, I was just checking through the gal- calendar for this evening. We've also had um, caching services, PMI, so that's obviously a read on Chinese economic growth. It actually came in better than expected. So 48 versus a 46.8 forecast and actually up from 46 point seven last month. So it'll be interesting to see if there's anything further from that from market uh, participants. But nevertheless, might be worth throwing in there. All right. Well, let's uh, let's call it there. Given um, look, it's um, certainly low volumes at the moment. People are still on holidays, so uh, we'll call the early mark, Kyle, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Check in then. Cheers. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.